Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Seat at the Table. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor for HR Daily Advisor. This podcast provides thoughtful conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in the workplace with experts, leaders, and change makers in the space. Today's episode is a very special one. I'm more than delighted to be joined by Odessa OJ Jenkins, president at Workplace Compliance HR tech startup Entrant. Odessa, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And like I said, uh, we're super excited to have you here and super excited to dive right into things. So let's just do that, shall we? Let's. Please tell me, what is your definition of having a seat at the table? You know, my definition, I think, would align probably to to what most is, is, is opportunity. When you talk about having a seat at the table, I think I like to think of myself as an imperfectionist. But I think having a seat at the table is all about giving ample opportunity and equitable opportunity, uh, opportunity to make mistakes, opportunity to be great. Uh, but ultimately, a seat at the table is is being led into the room to get the same opportunities as everyone else. But beautifully said, uh, and I and I couldn't agree more. And I think you just touched on something that I've yet to hear a guest really uh, tap into you. Uh, having that that willingness, if you will, you know, yes, you have to earn your right to be at the table, but uh, who the people who are receiving you at this table, they actually have to receive you, you know. And I think that's a good uh, a segue, if you will, into your diversity and inclusion profile, of course, which we talked about, which uh, we featured, which there is a link to this, and there will be a link to this in this um, episode as well. Uh, but you mentioned that one of M Chain's ex- external focuses on DUI uh, is a company's willingness to listen to their employees. If that isn't the mindset that you have to have when someone approaches the table, right? When you bring them there, I don't know what else is. Could you elaborate on that, please? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we build software and provide something that is intended to be scalable at M-Train, right? It is a solution. It is a content and inside space system. But even though it's a system, it does exactly what all my DNI counterparts are doing all over the world, whether it's chief people leaders, whether it's DNI officers, the biggest complaint is we're good at our jobs. (laughs) uh, Our software is good at what it does. Our content is great at what it does. Our insights are amazing at what they do. But are you willing to listen? And once you hear that there is an opportunity in your workplace, in your company, are you willing to listen to the things that are necessary in order to correct that that issue that you're having? Or frankly, are you willing to listen at all? Are you willing to stop and make this a priority? So when I say that, that listening and a willingness to listen and a willingness to be transparent. Like even before I can be transparent with you, you have to be willing to listen to me. And I think that's the biggest issue that we're gonna have in the diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, justice sort of uh, movement that we're having in the world and in the workplace is, do people really wanna listen? And do they wanna stop and actually hear you and listen to the experts? Uh, because you hired an expert you brought on a software, you paid for it. Now you're willing to listen to what you asked me to go do. Absolutely. We know that because you, you just talked about a willingness to li- listen, right? And, and 
having that focus. And we know that COVID has completely disrupted and changed everything. It's also fast-tracked a lot of things as well, but especially as it relates to culture, especially as it relates to you know, acknowledging that workforces are made up of human beings and not robots, right? So we also have to keep uh, the workforce engaged and productive, right? What does it mean to have an excited, engaged, and productive workforce? And what does it take to cultivate that kind of workforce? Yeah. Ooh, that's a mouthful. That's a lot. That's a lot to, to if I had those answers, we'd be we'd be talking on different different level here, right. friends. Um, no, but I, I think you know everyone has, I think, a unique way to engage people in the workforce. I think every workplace is not for everyone. I think in this new revolution that we've had over the last three to four years, there is this idea that we have in that that everyone thinks every workplace should work for everybody. Yeah, it's like that's not always the truth. Now, every type of person should have an opportunity, but there are certain cultures, there are certain products, there are certain things that companies do. Companies build things, companies produce things, companies have certain outcomes that aren't attractive to everyone in the workforce. But when it is attractive to you, when you do have the skill set to be able to help that company, it should be made available to you. It should be a workforce that if I have the skill set to drive you to your ultimate outcome as a product, as a business, then I should have an opportunity to be there. I should be comfortable there. I should have an equitable chance there. I should belong there. So to me, that's what belonging is. It's like a, a, a company has clearly identified this is who we are. This is how we rock. This is the outcomes, the why, why we here, right? We want to change the way in the world in this way. Um, every company, in my opinion, whether you are, you know, a, a, a venture capitalist firm, or whether you are a more social-based company, you should, you all have a mission. You start a business for a reason, right? So to me, I think once you have, uh, you have a responsibility to, to share with an employee base what that mission is, and then give everyone who's capable an opportunity of helping you to achieve that mission. And that, that to me is belonging. Uh, I think a lot of people think it's more, more kumbaya than that. And it's, but, but I think you get to all those other pieces of belonging. You get to equity, you get to be having an employee base that can tell you the truth. You get to having an employee base that feels like when their life changes, their work will support those life changes. All of those things, I think you get to those if you are really intentional with your mission and really intentional about equity in that mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and also hearing you talk about that made me think of authenticity as well, especially in saying companies knowing who they are. We're in, we're in such a unique position right now in the world not only as individuals and you know people in the workforce, but as organizations as well to really define who we are. Not to say that you have not already, but what better chance than you have than right now to maybe redefine you know who you are. So um, of course, hearkening back to your uh, DNI uh, profile, you mentioned that you are a believer in companies' ability to change the world, and I love this quote. You stated, "I believe company culture is about authenticity." 
am Trina is proof of this. I got to where I am by being my absolute authentic self, end quote. Uh, now, taking it back to that authenticity in the workplace, um, and especially now hearing a lot about adapted self as well, can you talk about the importance of authenticity uh, in today's work culture and the value it can bring to organizations? It is, um, it's absolutely critical, particularly, I think, in the evolution of employees um, through the career process in a company in particular, uh, because we all want to do better. We all want to make more money. We all want to make have more responsibility. We want, we all want to have an impact on the company. And so most of us, right? Some people function it in, uh, but most of us um, are there because we care about we care about the place that we're at. So when I say authenticity. It's always really personal to me because I'm a, I'm a black lesbian woman. And so I have to walk through the world with my diversity on my face and in who I love. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you, especially this adapted self, when you start talking about, am I comfortable in this workplace being able to show up as one thing one day and another thing the next day? and that not impact the outcomes for me in the business. Can I show up in my hoodie? Can I show up with my Afro? As a woman, can I show up in a business suit? Whatever my authentic self is me is to me, um, even if it's uh, a, a learning difference, right? In the way I express myself, can I show up as an introvert and still get the opportunity in the business meeting and the, and the brainstorming session that I want to, what is the workplace doing to make it open to who I am authentically? Mm -hmm. right? Those are questions I have to ask. I've had to ask myself because I'm, I'm an extrovert. Yeah. And I love to talk and negotiate and get in a room and I'm a coach, right? So I love coaching, but there are certain people that, that might benefit my business and that I might benefit who might not do well in those environments. Yeah. How am I allowing that person to show up to my company every day? What am I doing? So to me, that's that's how authenticity really drives company culture. And I love what you said about who we are today is not who we're going to be tomorrow. I think yeah. the idea that companies can't evolve and don't evolve is nuts, right? What technology has done is a company can literally transform itself. To, it can be this today. It can be that tomorrow. It, it, it can be producing hardware one day and be in the metaverse the next, right? You can be right. shipping out dollars one day and be a cryptocurrency uh, provider the next. So I think in this world where, where technology has transformed us so much, it's really important to say, you know, our people and our consumers are really driving who we're becoming. We're becoming. We not. It's not who we are. That's true. Wow. And I, I want to stay there, but I know that we can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a billion questions uh, off alone on that because I think that's where everything starts. It's just acknowledging whatever that I don't I necessarily don't want to say problem because it doesn't have to be a bad problem. Right. We hear problem and we think red flags and red flags aren't loud and, you know, aggressive all the time. You know, yeah. so 
I want to talk about uh, actually implementing uh, strategies and benchmarks and milestones. Mm -hmm. That's what what I wanted to talk about. And it sounds like you've done that uh, at M-Train. That's a part of what you all are doing? Yeah. You know, I think... um... Most companies, uh, you know, as a as a as an operator, right, as a business operator, um, I, I have a unique perspective on on um, building an inclusive workforce. Like to me, it has to be actionable. I think about when I sit down and I look at a PNL, or when I sit down and I look at a board report, or when I sit down and look at a comp- company performance report. That are there are leading indicators that are telling me this is what I should be looking for, and then there's lagging indicators that are saying this is what has been done. And we need to, if we think about inclusion in the same way, what is, and, and, and every standard doesn't have to be the same, but what are the, those mechanisms? What is the framework that I'm using right now to measure if I'm changing things, if I'm doing good, if I'm doing bad, what is the mechanism? So everybody's racing to this mechanism and an M-Train, that's what we built. You know, over 15 years, we built this framework that says, here is not just an early warning system, but here are the indicators for to define inclusion. Because I think if it isn't defined, if there isn't a shared language for it, how do you truly change it? Absolutely. So once you get a defined language that says, here are the actual behaviors that you do. Like, I want to be an empathetic person. I do. Empathy is important to me. Who can tell me how to be empathetic? What What is the universal lang- language for saying an empathetic person has these skills and conducts themselves in this way? That's what M-Train has done. So we've taken sort of like three core pillars, um, both in inclusion and in ethics and in respect, and we've defined them out into these behavior social indicators. So you have these social behaviors in your company. Everyone does. Everyone has in-group, out-group uh, uh, dynamics. Everyone has allyship or trying to build allyship. Everyone has demographic issues in their work. Everyone has these things. And so we put together this great framework, our awesome innovation team, which has L&D professionals, world-class L&D professionals, Work. Um, it, it has instructional design professionals, um, legal and compliance professionals and experts. So this group of experts have come together and really built out this framework that says, here are the social indicators that drive stronger culture in these areas. And in particular, in inc- inclusion, the six workforce indicators that we pulled together that says, listen, you can actually teach this. Not, not, can, not can you just teach it, you can measure it over time. And that's what's revolutionary about what we're doing at M-Train. That's amazing. How can HR leaders and organizations rework their company culture to make it more inclusive? But the truth is, is like, as an HR professional uh, and a DNI leader, which you are, if you are an HR professional, you are an inclusion leader, you are a diversity leader in your company. Don't get it twisted. Um, whatever your title is, that's what you do if you handle the people. Uh, but I think in the terms of inclusion, like if you just think of it as simple as if you looked at our, if our six components of inclusion and you said, if I can understand decision making processes, valuing differences, allyship at the organizational level, if I can better understand what drives demographic experiences, curiosity and empathy, authenticity and belonging at the individual level, 
if I can understand that those things drive inclusion in my company, and now I have a scorecard that can tell me where I, where I, where I stand on those issues, but I also have a platform, a learning platform, content, lessons to deploy that help me get better at those components, it would be world changing. That's what we're building. That's what we have built. And that's how we're changing the world. That's amazing. Well, with that in mind and reshaping the world, which I will hold a banner up uh, if I could uh, in advocacy for, where do you see corporate culture headed? You know, I think things are, things are going to get rocky before they get smooth. I think company culture is headed to the place where we're going to tell each other the truth and are telling the truth Mm -hmm. more than we ever have. I think the employee base is realizing again in our world that they drive company culture, right? How I show up and what I want to see every single day as the thousand of of employees in the company is really what this culture is. And now with the great resignation, I like to think of it as the great identification because it's it's really not, it's, it's more, that's what's going on. It's not a great resignation. It's a great identification. I'm actually finding out what I like and what I'm about. I'm, I'm thinking more about myself. This moment in time that caused me to pause has made me think about what's my identity. And your, what, your work is a great piece of your identity. We think about back in the day, right, when we were all um, more aligned in the world and, and, and we think about our, our, our forefathers and our ancestors, your work was identified on your family crest. It was a part of who you are in your tribe, what you did in the tribe, what your skill set was, was so much of who you were. If you were a farmer, if you were a collector, if you were a hunter, if you handled the money in the in the tribe, like that was who you were. It's no different today, right? What I do for my work is a lot of who I am. At least that's what we're starting to figure out again, right? So if what you produce in this company and your why in this company does no longer identifies with my identity. I'm out. I'm gone. There's no, there's no discussion. There's no raise. There's no bonus. There's no equity that can help me be right. more of who I am here if this place is not who I am. And so that's the future of workplace culture. And I'm excited about it because those kind of people I want to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. I, I, again, I couldn't agree more. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add or talk about? Listen, I think the one thing that I would I would want to put out there is that the the workforce is obviously changing. The structure of the workforce is tra- changing. A lot of our previous ideals are changing, and you know, HR, DNI leaders are being challenged more than ever. And I understand how hard this job is. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a president, so I don't, you know, I I am probably one who have come up through the ranks. I've run the operation, so I'm probably somebody who's challenged HR um, yeah. more than more than ever. But I will say um, that I am hopeful. I am still very optimistic that these changes that we're seeing in the world are going to empower people who care about people. And if you're an HR professional, it's you got in that because you cared about people. And I'm optimistic that the workforce and the power and frankly, the money and the budget is turning towards us now, it's turning towards you. And you have a responsibility now 
as some of these decisions get made and some of this budget gets moved to really say what you think, like stop being scared, stop holding on. Uh, you drive the people, you guide the people, drive the business, right? HR is not supposed to be some, with a catcher's mitt, just for stuff to come down, like drive the business, empower yourself um, as a human sort of social capital leader uh, to drive the, drive the workforce. So I guess that was more of a pep talk than it was anything else, but. Listen, you got me over here <laughs> real amped up, okay? And I hope that adrenaline just, that just flow through your veins because I hope it hurt it. Prepares you for this final question here. OJ, what's on your heart? People, my people, Yeah, my team. Uh, I love my team. Every in every facet, my team here at M Train, my my team in the WNFC, my my family is my team. Mm-hmm. On my heart, all the time is is how I can be better for my team, and that will just always be the case. That's wonderful. Uh, again, beautifully said, and I think that's something that we should all uh, keep in mind for ourselves. Everyone else, right? Yes, it's about us, and we got to take care of us, but we all have to work in tandem, right? It's a collaborative effort. So we have to, I think, keep that at the forefront. At least I do. That's the way I see the world. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of some beautiful teams, and I just I want to be as, as, as great for them as I can be. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's amazing. And kudos, kudos to you for that and keeping up that mentality and spreading that joy and that leadership, too. It's wonderful to see. OJ, thank you so much for being here today and taking the time. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in as always. Remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Audible. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time at the table. We'll certainly have your seat waiting for you.